about to say, this is yeah, really good. You get the, if you hit but the stream, then, uh, it just took the screen. We're going to fix this for live. next week. I don't know We're what the hell now. happened with the camera that was supposed to fix this uh, weird, like, split um, issue we've got. But If you just click on his video. Oh, look, look at this. What am I clicking on? Click on, click on his. Yeah, it should make it full screen. Oh, hot damn. You fixed it. See? Already, uh, I'm fired. You're the new co-host. I'm just going to go ahead and put my headset down and walk Man. away, and you guys text me when you're done. <laughs> We've been in this conversation for all of 30 seconds. She's already made you absolutely. Already proved more valuable than I have this entire yeah. time we've been doing this for, I don't know. It's shaking bacon. I... <laughs> what, a, what, a year? A year now? We've been doing yeah, about a year that you've been doing this. and uh, Now. She, she gave you advice to click one thing is fair it, 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 fair enough it, it, you know, in my defense we've had two episodes with guests this being the second nope nope that's wrong this is the third but um no no, no ben ben doesn't count man you want to thanks for listening everybody this is the end of the podcast yeah I just no i'm right just there. kidding welcome to the bounty board everybody we'll get over our our quarreling um Abel, I'm sorry if you haven't been privy to this. Eric and I bicker at each other a lot. We're an old married couple. It's amazing. Um, it's okay. You'll fit right in. Sweet. <laughs> so, yeah, it is uh, Thursday, November 15th. It's already halfway through November. What happened to this year? Um, St. Louis is covered in 10 inches of snow. It's like five. Whatever. I like to exaggerate. But, yes, it's Bounty Board. We have a guest. Uh, Abel, do you want to introduce yourself just a little bit? Let people know who you are, what's up? Yeah, for sure. Hi, hi, everyone. I am a, well, first off, I'm Ava Latixa. Uh, my name is really long and hard to pronounce, so everyone calls me Abel, so you guys can too. So hi, welcome, welcome to the Strim Stram. Thanks so much, guys, for having me. I really appreciate it. Super excited to be here and chatting about it. Um, I am a variety streamer here on Twitch, so I play a lot of Sims 4, Dead by Daylight. Um, I have a PS4, and uh, my latest obsession is my Vive and Beat Saber. So I stream mixed reality VR. Dope. Yeah, pretty fun. Pretty fun. So a little something different. A couple nights of the week. So we're live Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, representing for the Twitch bar as one of the founding members and a very proud streamer for Girl Streamer Stream. Awesome. That's super cool. Thank you for being um, here. How do you... Yeah, thank you so much for being here. We, uh, we appreciate it. How do you know Eric? Is it just through the Twitch bar? Twitch bar and some baller ass conversation. Yeah. Oh. Also, I swear, like a sailor. Sorry in advance. No. Oh, you, you're so welcome you're, here. Yeah, you're so welcome you're here. You're so welcome here. Because <laughs> I'm, a, I'll get going in a minute, and it will, we'll be good. Okay. Yeah, good. I, I actively have to have my wife tell me when to stop cussing so that my daughter doesn't learn stuff. All right. So. That's too late. And oh yeah, yeah. And, and, it's gonna and, happen. And both of my kids just know not to use those words in public. Um, or or around mom. <laughs> when, you're around, when you're around dad if you drop your bowl of grapes you can go fuck and i'm gonna laugh it's just what happens um, and that just make you so proud as a parent like oh, not like, that they're oh. dropping an f-bomb but that they're using it properly and in yeah. context <laughs> oh my 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 younger child um just will drop he, he will say oh shit um for everything that he does around the house and it is one of the funniest things uh and i keep my, spilling water on myself i'm sorry yeah, go ahead <laughs> And my wife always looks at me and goes, um, can we just stop? 
laughing at that and i'm like i would if it was out of context but he's using it right and it's i'm just like oh my god it's so cute i love it yeah yeah man context is everything and if you nail it when you're young you got a good life out of you yep um so there's not a lot of a lot of news this week there's a couple of heavy hitters i thought we would talk about a lot and abel if you don't know we jump into news right in the beginning give our thoughts a little bit and then dive into our topic um so the first thing, I think the most important thing that we should talk about is that on Monday morning, Stan Lee uh, left this this earth and his wonderful creations behind. Um, he was 95. He most likely died of just like, you know, being old and kicking ass for since 1922. Um, but yeah, he leaves behind a, a bit of a legacy. How did this make you guys feel? Just a bit. Was it 42 or 32? What? No, I didn't say either of those numbers. Oh, 22. 22, sorry. Yes, 22, 22. I took my headset off to take my hat off in respect and then put it back on and came back at the end of the number. Oh, right. that's what you're doing. Okay. okay. So, uh, I I mean, I, I read a bunch of tweets that made me cry. I mean, literally. Um, yeah, gut punch, I, man. I have a uh, hundred boxes in the garage of things that he helped create. Um, just boxes upon boxes upon boxes uh, of things that, you know, he he's an inspiration, right, to multitudes of generations of people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah literally multitudes of generations. It's been around forever. I was never a comic book girl growing up, um, so I didn't really get introduced to him, like, particularly as a person um, until, like, my late teens, early 20s. Um, and I think it was first on... Uh, sci-fi's face-off with like the video sfx and it started to kind of get introduced and uh really understand who he was and then obviously marvel hit the big screen and forget it you know everybody knows who he is now but um talk about a legacy it's just astonishing and it's it's so crazy to just for somebody like to lose somebody like that that's been such a big part of so many people's lives for such a long time yeah it's uh it's something that doesn't happen very often, right? Like there's there's not many people that could even leave this kind of footprint after they're gone, right? Like he she, like you said, Avil, like even if you didn't get into him when when comics were I guess you could say in their height in like, you know, the late eighties, early nineties, um, comic book movies became a huge thing in the early two thousands and like since then it's moved like my uncle grew up and I don't know if he talked about this on the podcast, but he grew, he famously tells the story of like, when I was a kid reading comics, I got beat up for it. And now like the people that beat me up were going to work in Captain America shirts. Like he changed the culture completely. Um, wow. And maybe not just him. Right. But his creations like changed the culture around what it meant to be, I guess, a nerd or a geek um, and made I'm, it mainstream. I'm not laughing that Ben got beat up. I know what Ben looks like. <laughs> And I'm oh, trying. He to, did not always look like I'm that. I'm trying to figure out how he ever got beat up or anybody picked on him. Let me show any, you a picture in, of like 2012 with the Comic Con. He's got uh, like noodle arms. Yeah. He's, okay. Ugh. But even so, he's even with noodle arms. Ben would still be a big. And he, uh, he is a uh, so uh, able just to catch you up. He is uh, Caleb's uncle, uh, and he is a very, very good comic book artist. Uh, good friend of the show. We've. And just a little backstory too. We've all been playing video games together for ten, 10 years. years. Ten years now, yeah. I think. 
Um, yep. Yeah, back nice. on the back on the 360. So we just start. That's why we started doing this together. But uh, started with Bad Company One. Yeah, he is not a little dude. It's just crazy though to like to have that kind of legacy that spans 50 years, and especially when you're working with all of the themes and the things that he touched upon. It wasn't just one genre. I mean, he had dozens of successful mega million dollar characters. Um, you know that play on love and justice and truth and beauty and all of the things that are beautiful and wonderful yeah, in the world yeah. and it's just crazy like he dealt with some big things you and i'm trying to even think if there's somebody comparable like jk rowling is never going to break out of harry mm -hmm. potter stephen king's right. never going to break out of horror so like who else do you have that translates like that from story to story or theme to theme i don't think there is anybody well even those no, no one comes those to mind immediately our author arthur's even those authors <laughs> that you those, arthur let's, morgan. Stick with, let's stick with arthur's uh yeah arthur yeah. morgan because red dead's on the brain um but even those authors went to him to have For comics, but to have comics of their works published in yeah. his in his medium Right. Yeah. Uh, Marvel yeah. did a phenomenal. And I mean, you know, I'll, I'll say it again. The, the the Dark Tower series is my favorite series of all time, um, hands down. Um, but the, I have uh, right over here the entire run of Marvel's graphic novel series of the Dark Tower series, um, which which Stan was uh, Stan was a part of um as yeah. as he as Steve as they uh, collaborated on them together to make sure they captured the essence of it. It's just amazing. The the gravitas that one life can have uh and he let he 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 did it with a humble <laughs> grace yeah. that except for that like one video of him tearing apart those two artists while they're well, working <laughs> it, that that's, was that's it was, yeah but that's, that's passion no, that's it not is. It like is. him being mean right that's taking pride in your work and holding people accountable to that and like how sure. many other people do and that's that was the one with mcfarlane right yeah, McFarlane and um, yeah, somebody else. It's very good. I don't mean to shine like a negative light on that video. Everything he says is very warranted, and like Abel said, like it's passion, and you can hear it behind right. everything he says. Like that dude was just like he was humble. He was out and like pushing his stuff. Like he was he was an ad man for his work until he died. Like I saw him at Comic Con in St. Louis a couple of years ago, and like just strutting down the middle of the the show floor waving shaking hands saying you know just like the dude was seemingly invincible um mm -hmm. and yeah like it it's yeah it sucks and the uh the only person i can think of that maybe then that's that's the thing no one exists i think that is what he was but i think the only person that could be even slightly that exists now is maybe neil gaiman but like all of his stuff has to turn into like movies first. That's the only person I can think of who's written in a bunch of different mediums and has characters that people love, but it's yeah. still like a very small population of characters. You know what right. I mean? What else Most... has he written other than what is it? Game of Gods? American Gods? American Gods, thank you. So he did American Gods and the several spin-offs about like the Anansi the Spider and his sons and other characters. He did Sandman, which was a comic that ran for like 15 okay. years or something that's kind of huge um kind of huge i say because i've only i've only read the first trade and i hate myself um he's also done several short story anthologies that are like uh one's called good Omen or 
Bad Omens, yeah. and that's becoming a thing. There's a trailer for that out now. Um, and then the House at the End of the Lane. He's got a bunch okay. of like collections of short stories and short like horror stories. He made Coraline, which is that movie that uh, Leica Studios, that stop motion studio, did. Um, American Gods, gotcha. Sandman. So like, it's no, it's it's a bad example, honestly. Like no one is even. No, no, no. I knew American Gods. It's just it's I've been out of the the literary circle for a long time, and yeah. the stuff that I read is all smutty and, and interchangeable <laughs> at this. point. No, oh, it's all right. That's that stuff's amazing too. No, I, yeah, it's uh, it's it's tough, man. Like, there's just not an existing equal to this to Stanley, and uh, thank you, Jay. For I hope bitties. I hope they have a lot of. Um, I hope they have a lot of cameos for his movies already recorded. I remember hearing somewhere that they were doing that because he was getting old and like getting old. He was ninety five. He was old, and they didn't want to keep making him come out and do stuff. So I'm hoping we can see him in the next like four or five Marvel movies. But that just means like it's going to be like the Leia moment in Rogue One. And now instead of like, yeah, going, I don't know how hey, I feel about that. Every time I see Stan Lee, I'm going to see him in, like ugly cry in the middle of Avengers. <laughs> Which like I'm going to ugly cry of, at the yeah, end in of the Avengers. Of anyway. the, the Avengers four, we're all just going to break down like in tears during his cameo. Like, yeah, like I'm going to be yeah, even. Even if they don't have it recorded, you know that they'll be able to like CGI him in. So it'll be fine. He's yeah. not really gone. It doesn't really count. It's <laughs> the thing. Nobody really dies anymore. We're fine. That's the thing. Yeah. In the future, no one really dies. So uh, we'll just see you next time, Stanley. That's that a was, really I nice just, sentiment. I, I just watched, what was that? Uh, what's the key? I just watched the trailer for uh, Keanu Reeves' new movie. Um, oh, Replicants? Replica. Yeah, replicas. Replicas. Yeah, yeah not yeah. replicants because that's definitely yeah, been, that's uh, definitely not the right universe. But uh, yeah, it's funny. That was uh, that was kind of interesting to see. Um, I don't. I can't. I don't know if I not to you know completely take a right hand turn there. But I don't know if I see Keanu Reeves as anything but John Wick anymore. Um, I just Neo. That's it. Nope. You can play Neo and John Wick. Nope. Don't even see him as Neo anymore after the Wick. Dude, movies. John Wick's just Neo. Yeah, no, I got it. I understand. <laughs> he's neo with a beard but my point is is like wick like i feel like wick was written specifically for him where neo he just got the part right oh sure um, i'm pretty sure the first movie was directed by the stunt coordinator of the matrix so he just made a neo movie yeah, exactly um anyway back to back to topic go ahead Caitlin. yeah back to topic um we can move from stanley as much as i want to talk about him forever um there is uh one other big thing i think i don't want to try and say that it's on the same scale of course but sony is backed out of e3 2019 completely they're skipping um i've got a, an article right here pulled up um from kotaku written by jason schreier thank you jason schreier for being awesome um sony in a statement said as the industry evolves sony interactive entertainment continues to look for inventive opportunities to engage the community PlayStation fans mean the world to us. So you're skipping E3? Anyway, <laughs> and we always want to innovate, think differently, and experiment with new ways to delight gamers. So as a result, we've decided not to participate in E3 2019. That's such a weird statement. We are, also, we are exploring new and familiar ways to engage our community in 2019 and can't wait to share our plans with you. So they're going to do something in 2019. They're just not going to do E3. Sony Treehouse? Um, ugh. Sony Direct. Sony Direct? It's weird, right? Because they just dropped out of uh, dropped out of. They just canceled uh, PlayStation Experience for this year. 
So we're like, oh, E3 is going to be huge. And then they, they canceled E3. So, yeah, I think I don't know. <sighs> What's your guys' take on this? I, I don't know. Go ahead, Abel. If you got. Yeah, I don't know. Um, my questions, and I haven't been to a lot of gaming cons, so my question would start to be is, is what's the split between reaching organic viewers and what their ROI is? If it starts to become something where it's more industry and there's less involvement from the end users, I could see where they would make the financial decision to say, hey, we're not going to be a part of this anymore because we're not getting enough out of it. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good point. I mean, there was always the... And I'm sure E3 is not cheap. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure for a, a company like that to go, you're probably talking at least like a 50 by 50, if not a 100 by 100 booth. Yeah. So you're probably talking $100,000 all in to go. And if it's not like they're generating sales there per se. So I that's, don't that's, know. That's entry level 100K right no yeah minimum yeah, I mean, minimum that's, right that's, i'm just that's guessing the, that's the space and the build out that's not the the swag and you know right the, sponsorships yeah, parties cool. any of that stuff you then you got to send people yep. right and put them up for a week or whatever to go do something like this and again, and yeah it's just you're not it generating fun. sales and it's not like they don't have platforms to reach people on social media um on PlayStation itself, right? Like PlayStation Network, you can log in. They could slap ads right there on the home screen. They don't need to go to a conference to bring stuff to people. You know, manufacturers, like gaming peripherals and that kind of stuff, I could see that. If you're launching a new game, maybe I can see the devs going so that you can get hype for it. But a, a system, I don't know that they need that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think also the interesting thing too is is we talked about this a couple episodes ago is sony has i mean we've uh, we've seen everything that they've got right uh for the next you know couple of years and what is it days gone i think just got delayed again uh is that the name of that game oh really yeah it just got pushed uh, out yeah, it is days, gone. days gone got pushed out again um so i don't think that's indicative. Well, that is that sorry go ahead i keep I, interrupting you yeah, yeah i don't go think ahead. that's indicative of where sony is but uh, on the flip side of that coin, and this kind of plays into the topic a little bit a little bit ago, specifically the video um, that, that we based this topic around, um, was um, is 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 Sony starting to are the roles kind of reversing a little bit again? Where we saw, and I'm not saying at any point is Xbox going to overtake PlayStation Four this generation. I don't think they can do that in the next 18 months. Uh, 18 to 24 yeah, months no. as far as sales no. are concerned but oh, no, no. from a public opinion standpoint microsoft for the last couple of things has just has decided partly this is the leadership of phil spencer and satya just saying here's a blank check phil go do what you need to do um but the acquisitions the partnerships um you know that corsair yeah. ad was 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 kind of spot on uh, Corsair coming out with an Xbox specific line of keyboards and uh, and mice um, that for Xbox One. Now any keyboard and mouse will work. USB keyboard and mouse. Uh, like I was already researching splitters today, so I can just you know flip a switch and you know have my keyboard and mouse reroute to my Xbox. Um, yeah. Not that I would do that because I have this really nice computer and still would rather use a controller because I'm a I'm a plebe. Uh, as everybody across all the Discord says, um, but 
uh, the point is, is and then with the acquisitions and then Game Pass and now Game Pass in early 2019 coming to um, PC is Sony starting to feel a little bit of the pressure that Microsoft has from Microsoft Microsoft's years of an infrastructure provider and computer. Yeah, well, so it's, it's Microsoft, right? Right. Like. Like Avil said, like E3 is probably not cheap in terms of just sending people not cheap. And then you think, like she said, like you've got the booth, you've got the swag, you've got the marketing, you've got the assets you have to build for it. You've got it's it's gotta be expensive. And then you think like for the first time in Microsoft's, you know, 18 years of having a system out on the market, that they're just now flexing the the Microsoft money, right? right. Like Xbox has been basically, at least as far as it appears, Xbox has been kind of sustaining themselves. And then Xbox One launched and hit a little bit of a dip. And this is all speculation, but it seems like they gave control over to Phil. Phil went to Satya and was like, look, this can be as profitable as anything else that we make. I just need faith. And wow. like he got it. And so in the in the time since the 2013 release of the Xbox One, like we've seen those purchases we've seen the infrastructure built we've seen a bunch of stuff just like building out this system for long term and i think building out what their next system is going to grow into um and like that's a that's a thing sure um but like sony sold like 75 million systems that's billions of dollars and they own an entire film division. So I don't think this is a money thing, right? Like, obviously, there's a difference between who, how much money Microsoft has and Sony has. But I think, I think it being a money thing might be like giving Sony too much of a like. Oh, it's all right. It's expensive. Like they're so they're Sony. They're one of the big three. For them to pull wow. out an E3 is kind of a big deal. Well, okay, so not to jump ahead, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in and interrupt you here, right? No, go ahead. Go ahead. But, go ahead. So when we get to our topic and you talk about playing the infinite game and the finite game, this could be Sony making a clearer decision about who and what that brand is as far as PlayStation goes. Yep. Um yep. they don't need to be like multi-connected like Xbox and Microsoft. They're PlayStation and they're a console creator and they've got rocking titles they've got loyal audiences they've got exclusives that are going to carry them through i'm never not going to have a playstation because these games these story driven games that are phenomenal i'm never going to get that on xbox right like no offense i i have an xbox too i, I love them all i have them all but yeah you know i'm, I'm not an, a first person shooter player and that's that's kind of their market in a lot of ways yeah very much yeah so having a clear picture and again this is all speculation i could be full of shit maybe they have their own conference they're about to announce in three months but <laughs> we're all full of shit go for it right you know but <laughs> it could just be them trying to clearly define their space and where they live in it and and then making decisions that make sense financially based on their goals right sure. i mean if we were to google it right now what is sony's mission statement for playstation right like what's cool. their vision yeah. statement i'll actually look that up eric if you sound like you wanted to say something well i'm just that's an interesting question right it, and it poses do you feel like 
or do we feel like Sony is starting to right because the the consolidation of tech is inevitable right in in yeah. in 10 years and we talked about this last week a little bit with our with our our last guest Odin that's his actual name Odin um it's amazing um <laughs> but uh uh, with the all father and we talked a little bit about what's coming with the transition from 3g to 4g and now 4g to 5g right uh, with 5g the reality of actually having the bandwidth in your hand on a cellular network to move the amount of data you need to gain in a meaningful way becomes a thing right so mike ultimately that was the setup for this question is do we think that Sony is going to start carving a niche out for themselves, much like Nintendo has done, and fortify their position as, just like you said, Abel, the console choice of gamers and leave the grander mm. world and infrastructure to Microsoft because that's kind of where they want to play. And they're deciding, yeah. well, we, not, we may not be able to compete in that space, or not even that they may not be able to compete. They just don't want to compete. Yeah, so um, I guess we should just roll into the main topic because yeah, I didn't there. realize it, but this this absolutely plays directly we're there into already. It. So to How to give a, a, a I know it's so good segue it's such a good segue. Oh, we're so good at this. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> the, um, the 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 main topic being um, based kind of on a on a Simon Sinek series of talks, um, and may, maybe not just like his idea, right? The the videos I watched were from that. But uh, the idea of playing the infinite game or the finite game. And the example that Simon gives specifically is of uh, the difference between Microsoft and <clears throat> Apple, right? At a, at a point in time. Um, and that like all of Apple's competitors, all of their meetings he went to, everyone was dedicated to beating their competition. That's all they talked about. How do we do something better than the iPod? How do we do something better than this? How do we do something better than that? And then when he went to Apple's company uh roadmap meetings and, and conferences he was hearing them talk about like how can we make life easier for teachers how can we make ourselves a green company right how can we be self-sufficient on green energy um and the, the difference is when you're playing the finite game you're playing against your opponent and that makes you lose direction um because you have to alter direction constantly because you don't know what the other person's going to make and it makes people that work for those companies less happy. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm being very wordy for anybody listening. Um, and then the other side of that, the infinite game, is you're not competing against competition, you're competing against yourself. And your goal is to make yourself better and to make your product and your company and what you do better without putting those blinders on of what are all the people that I'm concerned with doing. So that being said, and that's a lot of words, sorry, I'm verbose and I hate it. Um, that being said, with what you guys have just brought up about Sony, um, I, I agree with you guys um, almost 100%. I think Sony backing out of E3 is, as much as I think it, it sucks just because E3 is like the industry thing. It's like Comic-Con of games, right? Like if Comic-Con were to suddenly have like huge players just not show up, it would suck. And that's mostly because I like going as a speculator speculator spectator sorry uh i like going as a spectator and seeing all that shit so yeah it's gonna suck that e3 is missing one of the big three but i think what we're getting is exactly what both you eric and abel 
Abel, sorry, Abel said, and that's that PlayStation's moving into their niche more fully. Xbox is growing into their niche more fully. And Nintendo has proven to everybody in the last year that they've been in their niche. We just needed to acknowledge them and see them. Yes? Maybe. Yeah. No, yeah. Right. yeah. No, totally. I have no rebuttal or comments. That was very well said. Um, the only thing I would disagree with Eric specifically um, is that I don't think PlayStation is distancing themselves to be able to set themselves up as the console gamers go to. I think Sony is distancing themselves and setting themselves up as the hardcore gamers console. Because they don't, they have consistently shown they don't really care what everyone's doing. They're going to do what's right for them, which is absolutely in the infinite gameplay style. But what that has meant for them is single player games, largely, which is something the industry's had a really weird trend towards recently. Um, and M-rated games, which are not for everybody by default, right? So I think PlayStation's becoming the hardcore gamer console, which I think is perfect for them. Um, I think Xbox is becoming everyone's home console. Xbox is what everyone's got. Everyone's got a phone. You'll be able to play it on a phone in a couple of years. Everyone's got a tablet. You'll be able to play it on a tablet in a couple of years. You can play it anywhere. It's got everything. It's got Lego games. It's got Halo. It's got everything. So how And I think long... Nintendo's going to be the kitty game. Yeah. The so... kitty system. That sounds shitty because Nintendo's how, not just for kids. How but long, like... though, right, does Sony, how, how long is that sustainable is what I'm getting at, right? Dude, this, they have VR. I, under, I understand they have VR. But again, when Oculus Quest comes out, nobody has VR except Oculus Quest, right? That That is going to be the system because if it comes, if that thing sells with a 5G backpack in it or a 5G connect in it, dude, it's, no. I mean. No. I don't agree with that. No. <laughs> you don't think so? Abel, go, go for it. Abel, go for it. No, I just, you're not going to be able to mod stuff. Like it's, it's, it's going to be completely irrelevant, at least in the circles that I run in. And I'm in a pretty big VR group. Um, the ability to be able to connect, play online, drop your mods in, do all of that stuff. It's so integrated. It's never going to translate well to something that's purely mobile. Sure. I just don't ever see it translating that. Maybe I'm wrong. Who knows? But... I'm I, so sorry. I think what, the industry me... accessibility. I think yeah. maybe what Eric was talking about. And now I'm talking for you. Isn't that great? Yeah. Sorry, dude. I'm I love so it. No, you're good. Go. You know exactly where I, think, I was going to go. With I think that. what Eric, where Eric is going with, is that like specifically Oculus Quest is not going to be appealing to the hardcore. It's going to be appealing to everyone. And that's how that's how Got VR it. that's how VR gets on everyone's taste buds, right? Like. Right now, VR is a very hardcore gamer thing. And, like, I don't mean that as in, like, the I'm shitty and treat minorities and women like assholes, like, hardcore gamer at the shit. I mean, like, if you have VR, like, you're one of those people that you've been about games for a long time, right? And, like, the the industry is something you stay in tune with and, like, you love and you want to be on the cutting edge. I think Oculus Quest opens that up for, like, kids to pick it up right like oh like this is small and it can go anywhere and so yeah abel i totally agree with you like it's like not more going so, to... so I... don't you think the industry's already gone that way though with mobile games and that 
I mean, I feel like yeah. VR has been more mainstream for the last three years. No, so I really, yeah, so sure, we took, sure. No, we I took agree this with that. down a weird kind of mobile VR path, and that's ultimately. I'm glad we jumped in there. That's not ultimately where I was going with my comment. What I was. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, get there. You take too long to get to the point. <laughs> <sighs> Radio visual. It's coming. I feel it. Um, oh, did you do something? I haven't seen it. Um, but anyway, it'll it'll get there. Oh, there it is. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so. What my point was is, can Sony sustain not against VR, right? Can Sony afford, as the as the years press on and whatever the PlayStation Five is when that dwindles down, with the consolidation of tech and with the way the world is going, is their first party studio going to be able to sustain against the true king of the hardest core of gaming devices? And I speak on behalf of my PC Master Race brethren. Who, Ugh, I hate that phrase. I, hate I, know. I know. I know. Uh, my <laughs> you brothers say it all the time. My brothers and sisters, um, right? Is is? Oh my God! I'm wearing an Xbox shirt. And I, I forgot. Know, I That's that. not. It wasn't on purpose. <laughs> and that is a that is a that is a deep cut. Ex, that is a deep cut Xbox shirt too. If I recall, that one is. Oh no! This is brand new. Is that? Yeah, this is their like soccer jersey style. That looks like something like Jodeci would have worn, like back in the huh? day. Like Jodeci. Oh no, never mind. I'm real old. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Jod- I was gonna say Poison, but then I realized that would have been lost. Um, no, I don't know who Poison is. Christ, somebody help me out here. Belbiv Devoe, maybe. No, damn, I'm old. I um, I know these names. Just get to. So- it. See, Abel. So- well, sorry, this is what we have to deal with. No, no, <laughs> you're fine. You're fine. Um. I think when you talk about in terms of sustainability with inevitable tech consolidation, I guess the question is, is what's sustainable? Are they trying to sustain being number one or being in the game or what's the, what is their goal? And that's the question that we can't answer for them. Right. Right. Until somebody comes out and says, this is where we want to be like sustainable may not be number one. Maybe they don't give a shit about being number one. That's not in their their goal right for their infinite game yeah they want to service their customers and they've decided what segment that is and they've determined a path to go about doing it in this case e3 isn't a part of that strategy um you know but there's i think there's ways to be sustainable right like nintendo kind of fell off the radar for a couple of years there and now all of a sudden it feels like it's back in a big way i think it all kind of goes in cycles and if they've decided that yeah, I mean, gaming is going to continue to be a part of their portfolio, but it maybe doesn't have to be the biggest piece. They don't have to be number one in the industry. It doesn't make them any less relevant. doesn't mean that they're going away or that there's never going to be a place for them in the general landscape. Sure. And I was actually, yeah, that's an excellent point. And I was going to, I was actually going to go into Nintendo, Abel. So you, you did it before me. Um, Nintendo's already done this. Nintendo's already said, we don't care if we're number one. We don't care if we're number two. We are going to make what's true to our customers and we're going to keep making what they like, right? Like the last time Nintendo created more than two new IP in a year is like, I don't, I remember the date, you know what I mean? Yeah. So like Nintendo has found their niche and I think we're just now coming around to it, which is why we're seeing Xbox and PlayStation go, ah, all right, let's go. Cause I think, (laughs) I think Xbox tried to do this um in 2013 and it was like 10 years too early 
Um, when they were like, when they were like, let's go digital, let's go, it's gonna be, yeah, all that stuff. Um, as ill advised as it was, they were trying to push the envelope before people were ready for it. And like Avil said, I think it's cyclical. I think Sony has enjoyed being at the top, and I don't necessarily think they care about being number one because they know they have like 75 million units plus fans that like what they do. And if they can create, if they can reimagine a beloved IP like God of War and it sell like it did, if they can create an IP with so much expectation as Spider-Man and it outsell the Spider-Man movie, you know, like they don't, I don't think they give a shit about uh, how many people come around. But the only problem is I think that's a dangerous mindset. To have it first. You're 100% right. It's a dangerous mindset. And here's why. Look at the acquisitions Microsoft has made. They understand that they're, and I I feel like I'm, I I, I will take the stance, even though you're wearing the Xbox shirt of defending Microsoft and you two can attack me with your Sony vicious waves all you want. Um, I'll be, you guys can be Godzilla coming out of Japan and I'll be the tiny little tank that somebody oh, shoots. I, I need to, I guess I need to clarify. I'm 100% on Xbox's ship for this, uh, this voyage. Not, not anymore. I've painted you in the corner and that's it. But I, I do absolutely love what Sony does. No, I, I love what Sony does like, too. I, 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 think... I play every exclusive game that they make because they're all so goddamn good. Agree. We so have, fucking good. We now have a first party studio lineup in the Xbox stable that we have never seen before, right? And I'm super excited with what they're going to be able to do. Didn't they just buy Obsidian? They did. Just fucking added absurd. Obsidian to the stable. It's just absurd. So, like I said, Satya has given Phil a blank check. And I think this brings us right back to the top of the conversation, specifically the video from Simon, where I have a feeling the internal meetings at Microsoft are hey, Phil, go <laughs> beat. Sony, right? I want number. I don't uh, hold on, think that's. Hold on. The, go ahead. I'm sorry. Just I'm sorry. Go ahead. With the first party acquisitions, I don't. I don't think it's been said that way. I think there's some undertones of friendly competition, right? I think this is this generation. We've also seen some great friendly competition, starting from the launch of the consoles, where Kaz uh, and the uh, COO, I can't remember his name, did the "This is how you share a game on PlayStation" video, uh, where they literally just handed a game. <laughs> to one another um oh that was that was a great shot at the ribs in the microsoft thing but my point is is you have microsoft who's obviously behind in console sales nobody's going to argue that right uh but coming in (laughs) so far behind they haven't they won't share numbers (laughs) right um they're they're taking the netflix route of not sharing numbers um sure but with that said in february of next year when game pass launches on pc as well now you have a ten dollar a month option with the entirety of the game pass library on things that avil you've got a pc a nice one that you stream with i have a great one that i stream with um is ten dollars a month worth it to you for every game in the game pass library but that's not any different than anything we've seen before you see the subscription model netflix used to have games now they don't anymore but um humble bundle you've got key mailers you've got origin access i I think this just further proves the point that they're not playing the infinite game right they are 
seeing a strategy that has been successful, they're taking it and they're moving it to the mass market. Mm. And because they've got the weight and they've got a blank check to throw behind it, they can probably do it better than almost anybody else. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. So, hmm. <laughs> that makes me think differently. So I wanted to comment initially on Eric saying Xbox is playing the infinite game and then immediately saying that Phil probably went to Satya and they were like, go beat PlayStation, which is by definition, not the infinite game. Um, and now with Abel pointing out what you just did, like, yes, they are taking other people's subscription models. Hmm. So I, I still would argue that Xbox is playing that infinite game. And I think that's because they literally have been nowhere close to the competition since the competition started. And I think a, a, a company like that to not just go, eh, fuck it. And like, stop, you know, paying for, stop, you know, dive, just in, investing shit tons of money into this project for a company not to do that. They have to step outside of themselves and outside of that mindset of like, we've got to catch up to PlayStation and they've got to go, okay, we're never going to fucking catch PlayStation. How do we make what we've got good? Um, and I think that's what Xbox is doing. And I don't think that borrowing successful business models knocks them out of playing that infinite game. I think Microsoft is playing that infinite game. And I don't think they're trying to beat Sony, Eric. I think what Microsoft has done and what, what they've shown us over the last like four years specifically is like we want to buy small companies that need money and th that create good products right now without that money. We want to give them money and keep the reins in their hands. As far as we've seen, we haven't heard any stories about, you know, um, uh, Ninja, what's the, damn it, I always forget their name. Ninja, Ninja Theory? Theory? We haven't heard any stories of like companies like Ninja Theory being like, oh, they gave us all this money, but they handcuffed us and we can't make what we want. We haven't seen that. So, of course, there's always time for that to come to light. But it sounds like Microsoft is like, cool, all right, we can't beat PlayStation. We're never going to get there. So what do we do to make ourselves viable for the future? Which is, to me, um, the definition of playing that infinite game. Um, the, I think the issue we're running into, or I'm running into, I don't want to get, I don't want to speak for you guys. Um, hey, well, did I think you the have issue a I'm running there real quick before we go another five minutes. What's up? <laughs> I think you're giving them too much credit. Oh shit! All right, I, go for it. I, no, no. Look at Microsoft and the way they work in the bigger company and if you assume that their game division operates any different than their corporate corporate culture <laughs> culprit that's as, a freudian slip, freudian slip yeah. as, as a whole though i mean shit it was the example that simon used when you look at microsoft versus apple you think it's any different in any division i'm telling you top down their entire culture is built about being number one being on top and that they absolutely do in yeah, just their quick, ads even say games play better on Xbox One. Right. So, but <laughs> but Sony's Sony's little tagline is exactly the same, right? You know, it's it's my my point is though is that video Simon's video. Wait, well, what's Sony's tagline? Um, the uh, ah shit, I don't remember what the <laughs> is now. Is it Greatness Awaits? Oh yeah, Greatness Awaits. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. They've kind of sold that. So. But my point is, is the, the vi that video was specifically made, right? When Steve, ba it was Steve Ballmer's Microsoft, right? It was not, it is not Satya's 
it was not Satya's Microsoft mm, and Sony yeah. and Simon made that video. I so I don't think I don't culture think... changes that fast. No, period. I agree with I agree with Abel and Matt. Like, yeah, they did change CO CEO, but like it's not yeah, I don't know if it would change the whole culture all the way through. The the one I will disagree with, uh, and I I'm kind of preaching to my side of the choir because so Eric's going to agree with me and, and Abel, you're gonna be the only Defend against this i think phil spencer is the one that changed the culture well, because so we had quick, dom matrick with sorry satya has had six ahead. years to work on this it's not like he came in yesterday right he's been the he's been the ceo right. Balmer stepped out the year after um xbox came out i think he's xbox. doing way less work than than we think though okay, i'm not disagreeing with that right okay no i think that like uh, able to speak to what your you know assessment of of who Microsoft is, which I think is very accurate. I think that's indicative of like a a Don Matrick era Xbox, like the Xbox 360 that dominated the PlayStation 3, uh, and walked into this generation like we won everything, so we're gonna do what we want, and completely missed who they were doing it for, right? Like Simon Sinek also says in that video that your your goals need to be customer, it's either customers, employees, shareholders, or employees, customers, shareholders, right? Like you got to make the people you're serving happy and the people that are serving the people you're serving directly happy, and then you can make the shareholders happy, right? Put them at the end. Um, I think that the Don Matrick model of Xbox was, we're going to do what makes us and our shareholders happy about the future and like not at all what our fans want. So uh, and I think since since Phil Spencer's jumped in that 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 whole culture at least on Xbox's side has changed. I don't want to speak towards Microsoft, but do you really think that those two can't be independent of each other in terms of mentality? So real quick before you respond to that uh Abel, um you posted in the chat uh on the stream that uh, my my question, my clarification is: So Sony's corporate mission, uh, a company that provides customers with Kando to move emotionally and inspires <laughs> Kando, Kando, sorry, uh, them emotionally right. and inspires and fulfills their curiosity. While Microsoft's is uh, to empower every person and every organization on the planet uh, to achieve more. So my question is specifically: Does Sony and Xbox, those divisions, have their own mission statements, or are we considering that these divisions are playing inside of the the, the grander whole um oh well, we, i mean I'm, i can look up what the yeah, PlayStation yeah I, know. I just wanted to make sure is. that i just want to make sure that audio but, was there so now abel go ahead and oh respond yeah to, uh, to yeah to rephrase my question um or not rephrase to bring it up again do you think that um like phil spencer's microsoft or xbox can be different than microsoft as a as a body or do you think they're inextricably linked um, at the end of the day, we all have shareholders that we have to respond to. So, I mean, Xbox as a division does have to answer to Microsoft corporate as part of the umbrella and has to be a profitable piece of that portfolio. So, um, yeah. I don't think that your vision as a division can stray that far from the overall umbrella. And to me, the way that Microsoft's reads is a lot more competitive and direct in a more finite game than the way Sony reads. And that maybe that's just me. 
It's anyway. just my opinion, and we're all full of them. So, <laughs> so I think it's it's an interesting ju- it's an interesting it's, I don't, juxtaposition might be the right word there, but it's oh. interesting just just to see if I look at the you know if I look at you know coming from the 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 what I do in nine to five every day side of it, um, you know where I'm in you know tools and using fucking awful words like optics in a situation. Um, sorry, I just gagged a little bit. Um, cause I said optics, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, but, uh, it's interesting when I look at the whole of Microsoft portfolio, right. And then I look at the whole of the Sony portfolio, knowing what I know about both of those companies is Sony started right as a, and as an electronics manufacturer, Microsoft started as, as a software, uh, only, and they've kind of both moved into each other's realms as most multinational international yeah. conglomerates do. But Sony is, I read that as a much more, to your point, uh, as a much more creative-minded statement versus a we're going to make the boardroom happy, software-focused um, yeah. statement. Well, so that's, I, I agree that's, there. that's indicative of two different companies, though, right? right? Because you have a music and a entertainment division uh, that are still way more profitable than Sony's TV division, which is just... Their electronics division is just plummeting. Yeah, well, and, like, and, it, and like Sony's not making s- software, <laughs> right? Sony's not making uh, like a, a, a an operating system for a computer or um, a platform for chat for business, or they're not building out like machine learning infrastructure through Azure, right? Like that's just not Sony's game. I think Sony, by definition, is more creative because they make beautiful things and that's like been their job since they started and they still do that right like they make games they make movies they make shows they make beautiful hardware but like software on the scale of what microsoft does just hasn't been their thing so yeah those those uh mission statements are going to be different in that way because microsoft the majority of microsoft is still making all, all the office suite and azure and like the stuff like that right like but they have to be different so would you say then, so you've got two different companies, one's more on the creative side, one's more on the technical side. Would you say that they're even capable of competing with each other, whether they're playing the finite or the infinite game? Hmm. I don't think they can anymore. I think they tried very hard from 2000 to, you know, what, 2013 between, you know, Xbox and PlayStation originals up to 360 and PS3. I think I think they tried really hard to compete and then what this generation maybe proved is that like if you have different goals you're not running towards the same finish line so why are you trying to compete well i don't know if it's competition anymore so much as it is and i don't want to say infection is then i'll explain that so yeah please microsoft's whole goal from the start of xbox is to take over was to take over every screen and be on in the in every living room and every device that you have. That vision is about to become real next year or realish. Uh, re- let me do air quotes. Real as infrastructure improves and whatnot, it'll become ever more and more real, right? So I think Microsoft is taking the stance of right. If we're just gonna say, and Satya came out very very famously when he took over the company and said, we are going to work. Uh, I'm done with this. Everything is on a Microsoft device. We are going to work on every device across the board in, uh, I think it was like the next three or four years. And he did it. Office 365 now works on every device. 
doesn't matter. Microsoft is completely agnostic whether you are on Windows sure. or Apple uh, or Android. It doesn't matter. You can access... Like me. Yeah. Completely agnostic. You Sorry, can, go ahead. <laughs> you can access all of those things. So weird. Hey, thank you for that follow, Jay. I appreciate that. Um, but uh, keeping it in the family in the House of Glass, I like that. Um, but my point is, is Microsoft's end goal in the in their the, and, and we're, we're 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 trying to put these guys in buckets, and I think both maybe Microsoft and Sony, able to your point, have a finite game and an infinite game that they're playing, um, and maybe they're playing them in different ways against each other, um, you know, and, and look at them in different in different views. But Microsoft's end goal, if I had to speculate, which is what we do um, a little <laughs> bit, uh, would yeah. be their goal is to say, okay, Xbox maybe has one more console life cycle on it before it becomes a complete service that just works on all devices. Like, are they, I guess what mm. I'm getting at is, are they creating the iTunes of gaming ultimately when in the next 10 years? And is that their infinite game where now all of a sudden we are a service? That just I think next generation's it, dude, for everybody. I don't see a PlayStation 6 coming in, 2028 2030 i don't see it like i don't think the market would tolerate it yeah we're assuming there's a world in 2028 first Um, good lord god yes we are because that's what normal people do yeah and we're assuming that (laughs) these companies are even working towards these corporate missions you know you can say one thing and do a totally other thing right they can have undocumented goals they can have undocumented games that they're playing. They can be playing both the finite and the infinite game at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, and we've talked about this the entirety of the time in terms of Sony and Microsoft, but it's true. You know, how does that translate into our lives and our lives as streamers? Like this is hybrid. How you found me, honey? Um, in the bar, right? I, I posted a, a whole conversation about how yeah. it translates yeah. to streaming and and how do you as a streamer treat this kind of in this business mentality of, you know, when you're competing against other streamers, you're always going to lose because you never know who your competition is. You never know. People are always going to be doing something. They always have more money. They always have other things going on. But when you compete against yourself, then you're just trying to make yourself better. Right. Yeah, totally. I, yeah. yeah, I totally agree with that when we bring it back to the micro, right? Yeah. We have been talking about the macro with these large organization yeah. this whole time and in 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 a conversation i don't think has an actual uh consensus because we'll never know yeah no yeah. and that's the thing like you can never know because you're talking about motives and right and, right? right like how do how do we know what somebody else wants or doesn't want we we can't all we can kind of do is make some assumptions based on their action so do you guys think that there's um a studio that exists that works on this model um do you think that like we have i don't know i don't know if even studio is the right thing um there's obviously games that compete right like battlefield and call of duty very clearly um and then there's games that compete not just on genre but on a fiscal scale which is why battlefield dove the fuck out of the way of red dead why everybody dove the fuck out of the way of red dead um do you think that there's a studio that's making games that doesn't care about being beaten or beating other people? Um, and do you think that we notice them? Or do you think that those things fly under the radar because games that do that 
are only weighed by us on the outside as how much money they make, how good they are. Well, I, Ava, I'm going to let you fire off your response to that one first, and then I'll. Um, you know, I don't know. That's that's really interesting. Um, I think there are plenty of indie developers that make amazing games that don't deserve the attention that they need. Um, and we have a wonderful opportunity through kind of social networking to kind of stumble upon those games and, and kind of give them those kind of grassroots cult followings um, and yeah. promote them. So I think that's really interesting. Um, that kind of indie mindset would never translate into hardware, right? Like they just will never yeah. have the money to be able to play that game. Sure. But um, I think we see it in developers. You probably just don't have enough exposure to it because they don't have the marketing budget. Sure. Yeah. No, I didn't even think about indie games at all in that question and like kind of hurts my own feelings because I love indie games so much. Um, and yeah, they're like the poster kids for not competing, right? Because they, they literally can't like uh, Dead Cells or Celeste or, or, or like Hyperlight Drifter. None of them, at least in appearance, or if you listen to any like audio or reading the interviews with those developers like never once are they like yeah i was trying really hard to get it out before this game they're all just people at home working on games for years that are just like no i just wanted to i just wanted to release it because i loved it i think Um, i think that plays into exactly what i was going to say right is i don't necessarily think that the studios are competing against each other right i think that culture of the 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 indie devs and then the the even the dices and the treyarchs and those worlds those people are there because they have a passion for making games they want to make games whether sure. it is whether it's a, a whether it's a phenomenal racing game like turn 10 or if it's a shooter like treyarch um you know or it's or it's one of the smaller indie games i think it's i think it's the activisions and the eas that are the ones that are like nope oh yeah publishers for we sure. gotta and the take twos are the ones that are like we've got to kill, uh, we've got to kill uh, EA. Not, you know, kill is a strong word, but you know, we've got to take them think, out. We've got to move them. You know? Yeah. So it's it's almost like there's a finite and an infinite game playing in the same universe. There in the same. Sphere. Well, yeah, it's a it's a bunch of finite game managers that are right. managing infinite. <laughs> um, Ooh, do you guys think that Ubisoft deep. is? I try. I try so hard. You guys think Ubisoft is playing the infinite game? Okay, maybe I should qualify that. Uh, I because I I don't know. I'm on the side of so many people in this conversation. I want everyone to be playing the infinite game, and I want to see through whatever. Um, but the reason I bring up Ubisoft specifically is like they're a company with so many studios, like fourteen, thirteen thousand employees, almost fourteen thousand, um, and they're neither in the conversation about crunch right now which is a huge conversation and for a company that big to be making games as big as odyssey sorry assassin's creed odyssey not mario odyssey obviously um to making games that big and as frequent as they are and to be winning awards in canada for like international game studios and being the best places to work um it makes me feel like something about their culture has given them that right and is do you think that is that they are using an infinite game mentality because i don't think i've ever 
in recent memory, seeing Ubisoft like release something in response to something else. I mean, if Assassin's Creed's any indication, they've been not trying to compete, I think, for a while. Just in that, like, they're doing whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, I mean, I think it certainly lends itself that way, that they are playing an infinite game and, and working to create content, you know, for their their audience. And, um, yeah, I think it definitely leans that way for sure. Cool. Yeah, I think that may have been a... Oh, no, go ahead, go ahead. No, I think Ubisoft is that weird. I think they're the, the, if we're talking about the big three, right? The Activision, the EA, and then Ubisoft being the three. Ubisoft has firmly planted themselves in the Nintendo side of that equation, right? Where they're just going to do what they yeah. want to do. If we, if we got, E3 has fucking right, they've got you know, so good. they've got rabbits running around all over the place, and you know, um, no more, no more girlwood. Which is, you know, upsetting. I think she was the best host. What? Um, oh, Lady Wood. Is it Lady? Oh, Lady Wood. Sorry. Talking about Aisha oh, Tyler. Yeah, Aisha Tyler. <laughs> I was like, that is such a weird thing to say. Oh, it's because Aisha Tyler said yeah. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. That she, that, episode of, awesome. that episode of Tabletop. Uh, if you guys don't watch Tabletop, um, I don't know if they're. I don't know if Will's <laughs> doing it anymore. But the Cards Against Humanity episode. Holy shit, man. Good guy. Um, anyway, I digress. Are you gonna? You guys are gonna hate me. I'm gonna bring it back to macro for a second. How do you think crossplay weighs into? <laughs> I know. How much do you think crossplay weighs into the infinite slash finite conversation? Do you think crossplay in the end is just a finite move to gain an advantage? Or do you think it's actually um, what it looks like on the surface, which is studios being like, "Let's fuck it with this beef and just like play together." Well, so studios, right? If, they're, if their goal is to create content for people, then why would they limit it by console? Yep. They don't give a shit, yep. right? They want their agree. game out there. So they're clearly yeah. playing an infinite game. Whereas somebody that maybe does have a, a finite partnership or um, an exclusive partnership with a, a certain division or whatever. Um, yeah, and maybe they think that that's the best way for them to get their content out there because they wouldn't otherwise have the ability to broadcast it. Or... Yeah. Or it's a calculated move by the console provider to secure a partnership that would give them a competitive advantage. Yeah. I think it depends on which way you're looking at it, right? Are you looking at sure. it from the dev's perspective or are you looking at it from the, the console made? Yeah, because I think with Sony, you can see it as them being shitty and turn their nose up at industry trends to just be like, nope, we're not, who cares? We're not going to do that. It's funny that you um, on Sony. When you're talking about crossplay, why? They're jerks about it. No, exactly. That's why I, I brought it. them up as jerks. I said it. Um, I brought them up as jerks about it, and then you know Xbox is like, "Come on, let's do it," and Sony's like, "We can't, or we don't want to." Um, and even to the point where you know we've got crossplay between uh, Xbox and Switch, which is bananas to me because Nintendo's been so closed doors for so long that like to hear them go. Oh yeah, by the way, you can play all your Minecraft games on Switch with your friends on Xbox or PC. Like that's that's nuts. That's that's um, that's infinite game thinking right there, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, but Avil brings up a good a good point. Mm -hmm. Like, is that Microsoft being like people are gonna want to come to us now instead of PlayStation because they can play with their friends, or is that Microsoft actually like I was saying, being like, man, fuck it. Like, why are we competing? Let's just make good games and 
and have fun together. I think um, that's Avil's point, right? And that is simply because who owns Minecraft? <laughs> yep, there's that. Right, that's oh, a 100% strategic yeah. maneuver on... And, and they're not being... But Minecraft's, but Minecraft's on PlayStation as it, well. It is, but that's Microsoft going, hey, <laughs> now, now we have this thing making money for us <laughs> now people buy it minecraft everywhere <laughs> everything just like epic's yeah, doing sure. with fortnite going <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh wait abel no. said nope nope to what no 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 no. i, I said yep oh, yeah. like, they, i think Sorry. that's microsoft buying some goodwill right they're mm-hmm. like look we released minecraft for everyone and nintendo doesn't give a fuck because they're like hey our fr- our our players are happier because now they can play with their friends, right? Yeah. Which means it doesn't yeah. matter which system they're on. They're not going to be forced to choose. They can buy whichever system they want, which means they're more likely to buy our system, um, you know, yeah. and the other games, that, right? Like, that's they're all about community party games. I feel like that's such a big part of their portfolio, and it's all about, yeah. like, having a great time and all that jazz, so. Yeah. No, that's true. PlayStation just doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. Dude, like the only thing we can really establish in this conversation is that for the last year and a half, PlayStation has given so few fucks. This many. They've just Zero. kind of been like, we're going to do what we want. So is that, and this this is an interesting, and I want to, and I we took this right back to the macro and we kind of stayed here, but I want to ask one last question before we jump um, back to the smaller realm of things. Um is a lot of the Sony's just not giving a fuck. Right. I think, I think Reggie over, uh, what, what is his last name? Um, Reggie Fisemi. Thank you. Uh, I was never going to say that. <laughs> that dude uh, is a fucking clown. He is. Go on. Sorry. I, I love him so much. I do. He's, so I, weird. He's, he's, he, he is the most buttoned up guy I've ever seen. Like even, you know, we're talking about the game industry here, right? But I think he's, he's also a... the guy that said, my body is ready. So. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he is. Uh, <laughs> Dude's a clown. I love it so much. Is Nintendo loosening the ropes? I, I wonder, and we're never going to know this, right? We're, we're back in the realm. Of, we're back in the realm of speculation. Um, but is the work that he has done with, with Nintendo America trickled over across the pond um, to Japan and and them loosened up a little bit, right? Where is what we're seeing? How Sony has not given, and granted, they're in a position to not give us any fucks, right? But is yeah. w- the way they're acting a little bit of just legacy Japanese business practice, where it is very much we don't give a shit about anything but what we want to do, versus you know, kind of the the newer mentalities of the user experience and what our users ultimately, because they're the ones that are going to write our checks for us, uh, yeah. going to be there. It's it's weird because I think it really just, it comes down to, uh, I don't know, this is probably me trying to just simplify the argument. I think it just comes down to the different bend that each company has. Like Nintendo and Sony, and I don't think it's specifically because they're Japanese, but they're such creative companies whether it's their like marketing their outward appearance which is still kind of marketing um their games or even their systems right like everything they make is beautiful um and they try really hard and it's even in sony's mission statement they want emotion out of people they don't want they're not talking about function or form um 
And so like as a creative person, I gravitate towards that a lot. And Xbox is built into it's built itself into a corner, I think. And I don't want to say a corner because they're very clearly flourishing. But Xbox is function. Um, Microsoft is function, right? And I think that that's the biggest distinction between the two and why it makes sense that like Nintendo and Sony both have been like, fuck it, we do what we want because like we know what people want out of us. And Xbox is like, we're trying to do everything <laughs> because we're a branch of, we're a part of Microsoft and Microsoft is about function and, and usability and utility. Um, you guys, please feel free to comment on that because I feel like I pulled that just out of my ass. You did a good but job. Like, I mean, all right. you've reached deep, but <laughs> I try to reach deep. This moment, that's what I do. I don't have very long arms, though. Yeah, that's so weird. You that's such go, a weird thing to say. To wash your hands. No. Just... Why? And <laughs> it's uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, he said reach deep, and I was like, how do I talk about something? No. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It just seems like those two, those two branches of the big three. Um. Which, like, I want to be the first to say, I think console wars are stupid. They all make they good are. games. Yeah. No, I, good games. I agree that there is some merit in that, that, like, Sony and Nintendo, in a lot of ways, um, seem to be more interested in, like, creating something beautiful, per se, whereas Microsoft definitely gives out off that impression. Again, I'm talking from my ass here because I have no idea. Um, <laughs> pure speculation and opinion. But they seem to be more interested in, like, the hardware first first like software first technology first side of it and then it's like okay now what can i do with it right like if this translates from my phone to my tablet to the pc to this console whatever right like they will migrate whatever technology hardware from system to system or platform to platform because they see an opportunity there whereas maybe sony and nintendo are on the other side and say okay this is what we want to do what is the best way to do it and then kind of proceed yeah. that way, right? Like they're sure. they're saying, here's the story I want to tell. What's the best system that's going to work with it? Is it a mobile game? Is it a you know a console game? Is it a PC game or whatever? Either the case might be. Yeah, sure. Yeah, when Sony's asking, how do I tell this story? They're thinking plot and character. When when Microsoft is saying, how do I tell this story? They're thinking uh, format mechanics. Yeah. Yeah, is it going to be a comic or a movie or a book? And Sony's like, no, like. Who are the characters? Well, what's the what's the uh, what's the emotional shit? And this might be is it really Sony that's doing that or is it the first part uh, regardless of whether or not it's Sony, they have absolutely attracted yeah, what you're about to say okay. of a first party stable of people that are doing that. Right. Okay. Like the Naughty Dog has for right. the last five years has been like, We're creating okay. art we want. Fuck it. Yeah, and Sony uh, has. Okay, right. I see what you're saying. Sony has given yeah. them the levity to do the the, the something about Sony's that. ecosystem right. has given has attracted those people. Right. Yeah, right. Sure. That's the sure. that's the culture that they breed. That's what they look for. That's what they look to build and encourage. And if they didn't, they'd manage that attitude out. But they... yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Cool, man. <laughs> this conversation was fucking dope. What else can we talk about? Is there anything else that we can like dig into with this or Abel fire? Yeah. Abel, do you have anything that we cut you off? Cause we're bad about that. No, you guys were great. I'm just spacey after a five day bender in Vegas. Oh dude. (laughs) I get that. 
There's no I'm no uh, no judgment days. at all. In Vegas, oh, I'm sp- I'm spacey okay. because I I slept an hour longer than normal. <laughs> right. Pay no attention like, to the man behind the curtain. Yeah, please don't. Please don't look. There's no levers I'm flipping over here that you need to pay attention to. So so what do we want people to take home with them? What 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 should they have learned from mm. today? If any- no, I like that. Um, shit. Eric, you got something like right off the top of your noggin? No, I think... Because I definitely have something. I just need to think about it for a second. So yeah, talk. I think <laughs> if I if I took anything away from this, right, it is... it. This is a... The intricacies of what we get into every day really are worth like taking a, taking a deeper look at, right? And I've tried to... Ever since I had kids, I find myself, um, you know, stepping back. And this is eight years of reflection. Um, that's how old my oldest kid is. Right. Um, you know, cause I'm, I'm, you know, I'm two years away from the big four O, um, Yeesh. which is, you know, crazy to think about. <laughs> so when I think, when I think about eight years about this and we talk about the infinite game, right. I was playing a very finite game, um, last year. And this is the same topic I'm going to say when I, it was a, I, I think second or third episode where I made the big thing about just get outside, right. Is, you know, take a step back is what I would like people to, you know, take away from this is take a step back and understand all of the things um, around you. Don't sit in your don't sit in your bubble. Right. Um, and just assume that everything you read or everything you see uh, in a social feed or whatnot is the only angle out there to to look at something. Right. Because there's always a different angle. There's always something else to look at is I guess is what I would want people to take away is step outside of your comfort zone. Um, a lot of these conversations because of the way I deal and the way, you know, my head works is, you know, I'm out of my comfort zone a lot on this podcast because I have to think critically, which is not something I'm used to doing uh, a lot of times. Um, but uh, it's th- that, that's what I would want people to walk away from is, you know, step out of your bubble, understand the holistic picture of things uh, and then form an opinion and come back to it and, uh, maybe from a fresh angle. That yeah, went a lot. Sure. That went a lot deeper than I really wanted it to, but uh, you know, I feel. Oh no, mine's gonna be just as deep. So, uh, I guess yeah. Prompted with what I want people to take away from this, it's that like you should love games for their artistic uh, value, not for their competitive value. Um, it's that like we should value and put our money behind things that have a have a motive and a purpose that jives with you and not just put your money behind the thing because it's on your side. Um, which is a, a, a non, what am I trying to say without being purposeful? It's a relatively political statement. I think I just made, um, in that, like, don't just go with what's on your side, right? Like I'm wearing an Xbox. Don't be the guy that's like Xbox is the best and PlayStation sucks and never experience PlayStation because you're you're losing something. Um, it it's a yeah. If you're gonna talk about the finite and infinite game as a player, we should all be playing the infinite game, and that's that we should be playing as much of everything that we can. And like Eric said, getting out of that getting out of that comfort zone and experiencing, you know, these these huge, wonderful pieces of art. I don't know. <laughs> Ava, what do, what do you want people to bring? Um, 
I think he kind of covers this a little bit in the video, but like know your why. Oh, right? fuck yeah, no, yeah. right. Take take a step back, slow down for three seconds and know what you're doing and why you're doing it and how does that play into it and are the things that you're doing the actions that you're taking, are they taking you in the right direction? Because I feel like so many times today, people end up so far down the wrong path because they didn't take a second to look around and say, hey, am I going the right way? Is this, yeah. this going to, you know, but no, oh, I'm going to fire off on Twitter about this thing or go off about that. And next thing you know, now everyone hates you because you made an asshole out of yourself because you didn't take three seconds to say, hey, is this the right move for me right yeah. here, right now? Yeah. And, and I'm a shoot from your hip kind of person that that is absolutely me a lot of times, but <laughs> you know, when you're passionate about something, just take three steps back and, and say to yourself, like, is this really what I want? Does this get me where I want to go? And if the answer is no, don't do it. And if yeah. the answer is yes, then it doesn't matter how it turned out because you're taking steps in the right direction. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Love it. I forgot about the why. That's a very good point. Yeah, I 100% endorse that. Figure out why. Ask yourself why every time you do anything. And if you don't have a good answer for it, maybe you need to wait and take a step back yep. and look at all of your decisions up to that point and all of your options going forward and figure out what that answer is. There's a couple of people yeah. I work with uh, that could benefit from... Uh... <sighs> from that Man. piece of advice there where it is yeah hey maybe that email and, and, shouldn't have been written quite <laughs> that way and you probably should have walked away before hitting that send button yeah and best thing i say, ever did was okay. put a two minute put a two minute delay on my outbox yep because you hit wow. send and then it catches it and holds it for a minute and then you're like oh nope nope no, i should <laughs> this yeah, was I a bad a, idea i have a i have a five minute delay on mine uh, that's very perfect. good i didn't know that was a yeah. thing you could do yeah yeah um i like that it's a wonderful feature brought to you by microsoft yep this is a very forward thing because <laughs> every now and because yeah. every, every now and then i uh i will type something out and then accidentally fat finger control and enter uh which sends the email um which is which how is do you funny. accidentally do that don't don't worry about it okay um I, I have want a you very. To, I have a I just wants you to confront that beast. I have a very condensed <laughs> keyboard on my laptop, which uh, doesn't have real separation between the keys, so I end up smashing things together all the time. But yeah, yeah that's so I added that so five minute delay that. after I accidentally sent something to someone who should have never gotten it at all. Um, yeah. yeah. So um, we've Eric and I unable. We have no reason to know this, but I'm going to tell you. Um, Eric and I have done a pretty good job, I think, so far of staying pretty apolitical. Um, and I don't mean to get very political right now, but I will say this this conversation has been super good. Um, and I think the thing that we just came down to, right, the whole ask why, um, just to step a little bit outside of games only, just because what's the world we live in? Um, everything's political. Uh, like, take that mentality fucking everywhere. Anyone who's listening to this or who's watching this right now, um, just like if you're not asking yourself why, like literally everywhere in life, like in an argument with someone on Facebook or in a discussion with someone at a coffee shop or in a conversation with your partner, like if you aren't stepping back and asking why as often as possible, you're going to fuck stuff up. So like, I don't know, maybe this is like the weird like parent side of me jumping out right now. Um, if we, yeah, if like, 
Hey, Abel, thank you for asking like the fucking best question of the whole show in the last like 20 minutes. Like, if you're going to take anything home, it's just ask why more. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I think it makes you happier too, right? So like when much. You, yeah. When you know what you want and where you're going, it, I think it's sometimes when that, that feeling of being lost and not knowing how to get there or like you feel like you're making mistakes all the time because you don't have a clear vision of what you want or like you don't even recognize what your vision of what you want is like you think it's one thing and it's really something else and so then every Mm -hmm. time you do something stupid that makes you feel like an asshole it's because you're doing things like subconsciously you know that you're not you're grabbing a straw you're not aligning right there's dissonance there and and your body knows it before you even know it yeah yeah. yeah, and it's like the the main ingredient of a depressive brain is it's always like, why am I even doing this, right? And if you can answer that to yourself, then when that lizard depression brain comes in, like, why do you even exist? You have that answer, A. And when when people that, we're always trying to impress people, we're always trying to like, you know, be ourselves and like make people deal with that and be happy with it. I have so many people that are like, why do you do that? And like when it comes to like writing, I'm like, why do you write? So many times I'm like, duh. And in the last like year and a half, I've figured out that why. Like, that's a great reason to figure out why, because people are gonna ask. And if you know, then you'll be able to answer. There's nothing, oof, there's there's nothing more depressing than someone asking why and you going, duh, I don't know. <laughs> that shit sucks. Right. And why doesn't have to be altruistic either. Oh no! I think a lot of people assume that like it's it's bad somehow to acknowledge that you know you're into something because it makes you happy or it makes you feel good or anything yeah. along those lines. Like it does not have to be altruistic. Like you can do it because you it makes you smile or it makes you happy or you want to make money and and making money does this thing for me. You know I can go to the movies or I can spend time with my family or I can spoil I spoil my kids or go on vacation or whatever. That makes me a happier person. That's okay. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always yeah. have to be about other people, right? It's not like I'm saving babies because saving babies is the best thing in the world to do. Not that saving babies is bad, but you know what I mean? I, I think that sometimes people feel this this pressure to be doing something for some larger reason, for some bigger cause. And if you, yeah. if you somehow aren't that way, right? Like I'm a millennial, um, like that there's there that there will be judgment. Yeah. Answer, you got to not answer why for everybody else. You gotta answer exactly. why for you. answer why for you. You damn millennials. I know. Dude, you're like a year removed, so shut up. <laughs> Unbelievable. You're like one year too old to be a millennial. I'm a zennial according to the latest report or whatever it is. What the fuck? That's not a thing. It is. You just it made is. that up. Tran- nope, it's a transition generation. It, it is. So what we are <laughs> it's is the Nirvana generation. No, we are the first. It's, that's actually really funny too. I've got a Guns N' Roses story. Yep, there we go. Um but it's, I, I was reading it. We're the first generation that is able that understand everything a phone can do. We know how to work social media. We know how to play with it. We do, but we're the we're also we we understand that um, we didn't. Grow you're like up. you're like the dads we, of we generation. Exactly. We didn't grow up with we it. We didn't grow up with it. We know how everything yeah. works. You're like the dads generations. Like you've got a cell phone, but you still Twitter wrong occasionally. <laughs> I don't Twitter wrong. Oh, okay. Says the guy who didn't know he can just click on my picture to me. That's discording wrong. That's a totally different thing. <laughs> oh man. All right. So this has been super dope. Um right there with able you, to wrap up. Able to wrap up. We always ask people what they're doing. 
Um, it's our bounties section of Bounty Board where you talk about like, what are you reading, watching, listening to, playing that uh, you want people to know about and and give a shot. So, do you have anything you want to shout out that you're that you're currently on? Um, so I'm reading the latest book in the Sarah J. Moss Throne of Glass series. It is phenomenal. If you guys have never read it, um, I think it's book five, and it's called Kingdom of Ash. I think question. Um, but it's a big medieval fantasy drama. It's got a little bit of little bit of romance, a little bit of uh, all of that jazz. Pretty phenomenal. So definitely check that out. Um, as far as games, I'm excited to get back into the Beat Saber. Has it been a few days? Been like <laughs> a dope. week. Miss yeah. But yeah, that's that's all about evil. Dope. Um, Eric, what are you what are you doing? What do you what do you want to tell people? Uh, so let's see. Uh, I started finally started house of cards season six and uh the second i hit play on the first episode um hopefully nobody from work is listening because i got no work done that day i tore through that i started it at six in the morning um when i started my work day and then did not finish it uh or did not do any work because i literally just sat in my office and binge watched the entire season in a day um because i was i was I was skeptical on where the how they were going to take that show uh, after Oof, they yeah. after they removed Mister Mister Spacey uh, from it, um, but damn, did they give Robin Wright the ability to shine? And did she step up to that mantle? And did she did she write part of this last season too, uh, or direct or something? I so I'm going to tell you right now if this ends. And this was the very last season, and they don't come back. Um, I'm I'm gonna be very upset um, because there's no way that's the end of it all. Um, the, way, hmm. the way this season ended, uh, I just I just don't feel that Claire under or Claire Hale, spoiler, sorry for anybody who hasn't watched it, um, can end in that way. Um, anyway, it, yeah, super good. Uh, not reading anything new. Um, Got into, you know, played a little Red Dead this week, played a little Black Ops this week. Uh, I got into a, a technical alpha that will start tomorrow that I'm not allowed to talk about. Um, so I'm not going to talk about it. Um, <laughs> Sounds right. Uh, I'll do that. It's for, uh, it's for a game I'm very much looking forward to. So hopefully uh, as it progresses into beta phases and stuff like that, I will be able to stream it uh, and start talking about it more. Um, it's uh, the first game uh, on PC that I already don't own on Xbox as well. So that'll be nice. Uh, to actually Dope. use this PC that I have under my desk for something other than a stream box for my Xbox. Awesome. Yep. Cool beans. Um, I played a game on Game Pass called Thief of Thieves. Um, if you're not familiar, it's a little uh, Skybound property written by Robert. I was going to ask like you about Walking that. Dead. I saw that. Yeah. So it's uh, it was written by um, Kirkman, and it's turned mm-hmm. into a episodic telltale style um adventure game um where you play as a very punk themed spy named celia um the first volume is short um you can play through it in like an hour and a half which is my is also my review like there's not it's it's fun there's some weird quirky camera stuff that's not great um and it's just too short for you to get a good feel of it but it's on game pass so you don't have to pay for it right away 
Um, if you don't have Game Pass, um, get it, A. But if you don't want to get Game Pass, wait until a couple more episodes come out. We'll have a better idea how the story's going. Um, other than that, finished Luke Cage Season 2. Didn't really like it. Um, but that's a whole other conversation about how Marvel Netflix shows haven't been good since Daredevil. And correct me if I'm Jessica wrong. Jones, Jessica Jones is up. You have not seen I agree. season three? I what? Not seen Daredevil season three yet? No, I'm about to start that. Okay. I think, Dare, yeah, to clarify what I mean, I think Daredevil's like the only good show and season one's better than two. Um, but apparently season three's pretty good. So Season three is, it should. I mean, I'll say it again. It, we said it with Ben last week. It should have just been called Kingpin and been. Yeah. Um, oh, and, and Abel, do you, you agree with me? Is that what I'm I agree. I agree. Cool. I agree. Yeah. Something about the other Netflix Marvel stable of shows is just like lacking <laughs> to me. Doesn't it doesn't translate. Yeah. Doesn't work out. Yeah, yeah. I I, no. I agree. The, the the some of the acting and some of the character building was really good. Um yeah. I, I will still hold I think John Barenthal is the best Punisher um that's ever yeah sorry i forgot i forget about punisher frequently because a it never mentions anybody else from any of the other shows right. except for karen maybe yep um punisher's good yep punisher's good it's yeah. slow but it's good yep. but the like defenders series with iron fist luke cage daredevil and jessica jones those are the ones and I. Have you, you have you watched iron fist season two yet no okay so it's I think I'm going to skip it to get to Daredevil. Yeah, yeah, no, you watch Daredevil first. You're not, you're not missing anything. Um, but I think, I, I definitely think it's worth a watch. I think they did a, a lot better job with a making them look like they're actually fighting and not hopping around <sighs> awkwardly. Um, yeah, the fight choreography in that show sucks. Yeah, it was. There was. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I have trouble recognizing any Punisher that's not Thomas Jane. No, I'm. Yeah, I agree with you completely. Um, Thomas Jane is... Oh, he was, he was he's, he's, he's Frank Castle. He was a good punisher. Right, right. But I think, I, I think this is the argument of of Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man, Andrew Garfield... Oh, no. Sp no, hold on, hold on. <laughs> hold on. Andrew Garfield, okay, Spider-Man, and then the Tom Holland being the perfect mix of both of them from a geekiness and athletic standpoint, Right. Andrew Garfield. Oh, yes. And I think, I think, um, um, why, why did I just, I totally lost my train of thought. Original Punisher. Perfect Yeah. I think versus... Thomas Jane and then, uh, John Barenthal. I think Thomas Jane is a perfect Frank Castle and John Barenthal is the raw rage and emotion that is Frank Castle after. I think he's much more powerful as, the psychopath side. Oh, dude, Punisher? it's not even the Spider-Man argument. It's the Batman argument. It's the Bruce Wayne. It's the man in the mantle argument. Right. Like, yeah. I'm talking about they haven't found that perfect actor to portray Frank Castle yeah. Punisher yet. That it that blends huh. the both. But yeah, the man in the mantle argument is where I'm going with it. Yeah, I thought Burnthaw was was perfect. Yeah. Thomas Jane is still my favorite. Um, but I'm also I'm also partial because I I met Thomas Jane at comic-con in 2012 the day before he announced dirty laundry and aired it at comic-con mm. and he invited us to go watch it oh, so you know like i'm fancy. biased i'm biased um yeah thomas jane's the shit though yes and his story his story this is completely non-related to the end of this show but he had he told a story about why he wasn't in punisher Warzone, 
that was so good because like he wrote the script, I guess, for the second Punisher movie. And then it got rewritten and it was super violent. And like he called his buddy and was like, I I don't want to do it, but it's a lot of money to say no to. And his buddy, who's his like uh, his artist that run like works for his company, was like, Do you love the money or do you love Frank Castle? And apparently he like hung up the phone, called his agent, was like, I'm not doing the movie. <laughs> Which is the fucking best. Well, he because did that. he knows his why. He knows, he his, knows why. his why. Exactly. Exactly. Dude. Well done. Yeah. I think we so no, bring we it all it right around. There. I'm not even I'm not even yeah, saying to bring else. it all around. Know your why. Know your why. Also the title of the podcast. Well, express <laughs> elevator to hell. That's gonna happen. Going down. <laughs> Thanks so much, guys, for listening. Uh, thank you so much, Abel, for being here. Um, hang on, before we wrap up, Abel, how can people find you and follow you and watch your stream and do all the shit I they can. need to do? Yo, you can find me literally everywhere. Also, hi, Softcore Samurai. Thanks for the raid. Thank you for that raid, Hi, sorry. Don't you like it when I just like take over your stream like that? I'm good with it. Um, you guys can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Twitch. You can find me on Discord. I'm under the same name in everything, and I will drop a link or two for you guys. Thank you so much no. for having me. It's been um, legitimately one of the best podcast appearances I've ever had, and I uh, really enjoyed the conversation. Nice. Awesome. Thanks so much for, for that assessment, A, and thank you so much more for being here. It was absolutely a pleasure. Awesome. <laughs> Good job, Eric. Wait to, to nail that. <laughs> I'm right down here. Uh, right. Uh, well, normally you say, listening. Eric, where can you find you? You just kind of oh, shit, I didn't. stare okay. at the camera. And I was like, uh, does he have something else to say? Eric, where can people find you? Tell right down here, up. hybrid glass everywhere. Twitch, Twitter, YouTube. Uh, I'm working on some skins and something. Actually, I've actually put some notes on paper and actually done some modeling and some light animations for what i'm going to end up doing with youtube oh i thought you were saying you've done modeling i was like um, no sir you haven't actually uh, i don't want to see those pictures actually back when i was 18 okay come on we're trying to wrap up the show and we're dragging it so I long could go into some stories sonny yeah. i know i feel like we're encroaching on return of the king territory here with as many endings as we've got um all right where can people find you Eric? hybrid glass right down there bounty board <laughs> all right and you can find me everywhere. It's important at LoveWub. That's Xbox, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, and Twitch. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Know your why. And we'll see you next week. We'll be back streaming here.